Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Endeavor Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Breitkopf, and today uh, we're wrapping up the Hacking Your Own SAT program series. Uh, Neil Count and I are having our last conversation in the series. We're talking about uh, how to teach the essay section uh, in your own uh, program. And just to wrap up, before I dive into the discussion that Neil and I had about the essay section on the SAT, just a, a review, a recap, if you will, of what we were doing with this whole series. The Hacking Your Own SAT program uh, is designed to help uh, educators, uh, school administrators, uh, tutors and self-employed tutoring you know, tutoring companies and their, and their own little businesses, um, and parents who are trying to do this homeschool style uh, when you don't have access to a, a company like the one where Neil and I work, which is Chiton in uh, the Boston Metro West area. You know, we, we consider ourselves experts on this and we've been doing this, you know, uh, the company's been around for over 30 years. I've been doing this for over 18 years. And so I know what I'm doing. But if you're, you know, living somewhere where there's not a tutoring company close by or resources available to you, if you're a, a small school, a regional school uh, farther away from a large city and you don't have a, a, a local tutoring company with whom you can partner or where you can send students uh, on the weekends, or over the summer, and you want to do this yourself, uh, this series that we've been doing over the summer has uh, been to help you design and produce your own uh, test prep program for the SAT. And I hope you found it helpful. Um, it really is uh, based on what we do for our, our own students. So Neil and I are going to talk about the last part of the program, which is the essay section, and uh, afterwards, uh, uh, if you feel you have any questions or comments, just let me know. So Neil, take it away. Okay, welcome back to How to Hack Your Own SAT program. Uh, back again here with Neil and Jason. Um, going to dive again further into curriculum, um, specifically gonna be looking at the essay portion of the SAT test, a very important section and one that I feel like changes pretty often, um, not only in terms of what's going on in the test, but kind of how colleges perceive it. So maybe mm. we can talk a little bit about that too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, let's first just kind of um, in line with the other curriculum sections, let's first talk a little bit about um, the test maker's expectation, right? So, you know, when it comes to kind of your writing style, when it comes to the essay section, what are they expecting when you, um, or what are they expecting of you before you get to the test? So that's actually uh, a really challenging question for the mm -hmm. essay. The, you're right, the essay has changed radically uh, since, they redid the test in 2016. It's radically different from the previous version of the essay, okay. which was a persuasive essay. Mm -hmm. This is a very intellectual, analytical essay. Hmm. And so their expectations are very high for the essay. In fact, hmm. in, in my opinion, the essay in some ways is the most difficult portion of the SAT now, um, which it did not used to be. Hmm. Uh, so their expectations are for a high level of writing, a real facility with analysis, and the ability to uh, understand the writings of others and how to uh, discuss that in an intellectual fashion. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So when, when we say it's changed, though, from kind of persuasive to intellectual um, and analytical, I mean... Is that also kind of as a result of how they're grading it too? I mean, I guess like so, and, and the reason I bring yeah. it up is, you know, for um, 
you know, for some of the curriculum we have through Chiton, you know, Chiton used to have a really um, successful approach called the adjustable essay strategy. Mm -hmm. And apparently it doesn't apply anymore. And so I'm just trying yeah. to understand, like, what's changed that's causing that? So the, the two things you're right. One of the things that's changed is the way they grade the test. Yeah. And the other thing is the way they pres uh, grade the essay, I mean, the, and the way they present the essay. Okay. So in the previous version of the SAT, the one from 2005 to 2016, yep. they, the essay was uh, the very first section. You did it first, and it was pretty straightforward. They'd ask you a very simple and very open-ended question, and they would provide you with a quote from uh, a well-known person usually, Benjamin Franklin, Mother Teresa, Albert Einstein, someone like that. And it would be a question that could be, you know, is change necessary? Okay, that's, that's an incredibly open-ended question. Um, is it ever uh, a good idea to defy authority? Okay, and these questions are incredibly open-ended, and so the adjustable strategy was about walking into the test with pre-selected evidence that was universal enough to apply to any of these very generic questions that they could ask, and you pretty much knew what you were going to write about before you walked in the door. Got it. And it worked incredibly well. I personally worked with students who uh, writing was not their strength. They, they had taken an SAT and they would get a, a mediocre to low score and I got them to the top scores. Yep. It was easy to teach, very, uh, very, very easy to explain to students who were not great writers. It was easy to help students who were not great writers develop these skills because they pre-selected vocabulary words, they pre-selected uh, terms of phrase and, and techniques to use and had a plan laid out before they walked in the door because it would apply to almost any question the SAT would throw at them. Yep. And then the SAT figured this out. <laughs> we know for a fact that the College Board realized that not just Chiton, but a lot of tutoring companies had figured out how to play the game and beat this essay. Okay. We had the, the best strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And we were, the, the, the scores were skewing higher and higher yeah. over that 11 year period. I remember, yeah. And they got very upset. And the colleges got upset and they demanded that the SAT create a much more challenging essay, and they responded with this version. Yep. And this is, <laughs> they weren't kidding around. Yeah. So what they present you with now, instead of a very simple question that's generic, and a single quote of two or three sentences from a famous person, you know, more like an aphorism, you know, uh, they present you with a two to three page uh, article from a recent publication, or a two to three page excerpt from a famous piece of writing or speech or a speech by a great thinker of the last two centuries. Mm -hmm. So you could come across the writing sample that they give you, the passage that they give you, and it could be an excerpt from Martin Luther King's letters from the Birmingham jail. It could be an excerpt from the um, We Go to the Moon speech by JFK. Mm -hmm. It could be an excerpt from a speech on uh, women's suffrage by Elizabeth Cady Stanton. Or it could be articles from recent newspapers or other publications like Huffington Post or CNN.com. Mm -hmm. And your task is no longer to write a persuasive essay and answer a simple question with your own personal evidence. The task now is to analyze critically this article or excerpt from a famous piece of writing. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard. Yeah. Okay.
Okay, so then let's get right to how we solve for this, right? So sure. what, do you, what is your suggestion for the strategy? Well, first off, you have to understand how they grade it. They used to grade it very simply on a scale, one to six. One is a bad score, six is a great score, and based on how well you answered that question, is authority, you know, can you defy authority, is change necessary, they'd give you a score, and it was very straightforward. The other thing that, that is really confusing to not only parents, students, teachers, guidance counselors, school administrators, but also the colleges themselves, is the way they score. They actually give you three different scores. They give you a separate score for reading, analysis, and writing. And reading means how well the person who's grading your essay thinks you understood what you read as the student who's writing this essay. Mm -hmm. The writing score is a little bit more straightforward. It's the quality of your writing, your ability to write paragraphs that have topic sentences and detail sentences that flow, transitions to different paragraphs, um, and basically just a strong vocabulary and avoiding grammar errors. Mm -hmm. The third score is the big one, the analysis score. Mm -hmm. And that's how well you analyze the writing. In other words, you're looking at what the author wrote and you analyze whether it's effective or not. Mm -hmm. So what they're looking for is your ability to, to do that and avoid the, the biggest traps okay. that they laid for you. How, how do you practice this? You know, you practice this by writing. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no shortcut for this, is right. doing practice uh, passages. Reading the passage and really understanding how to find the evidence based on what they're looking for. So they're looking for three things. They're looking for you to find the evidence that the author uses, the style and persuasive elements in the passage, and the reasoning that the author uses. And students are very confused about this. Like, what is reasoning? And reasoning for me has a lot to do with the point that the author is trying to make mm -hmm. and the flow of their argument. Mm -hmm. How they get from mini point A to mini point B to mini point C as they build their argument to convince you, the reader. But and, and for someone who's teaching this, though, right? right um, if I don't, I don't think it's subjective in terms of the grading. I get, you know, I think can, can someone, can an instructor just look at kind of the answers and explanations and then just try to grade it as best as they can? Like, how, how yeah. does someone grade this? It's very difficult. Um, it's very difficult, and the College Board has been less helpful in this newer version than it was in the older version. In the yeah. previous version of the test, when you got the official SAT study guide, they were very straightforward in how to grade the old version of the essay because it was straightforward. Yeah. And they do give you a rubric. Yeah. And I think starting with that yeah. is helpful. Okay. But the big thing for me is to help the student avoid the biggest trap, okay. which is summarizing. Mm. Students are really good at summarizing. Mm -hmm. they, students have been taught from the time they were doing book reports right. at the end of elementary school yep. that you read the story, then you summarize the story, and then you mm -hmm. say whether or not you liked it. Yeah. Well, the thing they flat out tell you in the question is, uh, do not provide your opinion. So students aren't allowed to say whether they agree or disagree with the point that the author is making, yeah. whether they like it or dislike it, and if they do so, that's gonna lead to a lower score. So that's really hard for students. Okay. The other thing is you don't wanna summarize the article. You really wanna focus on the why. When an author talks about some topic, so here in the College Board book, the official SAT study guide, and once again, for the listeners on the audio podcast, I'm holding it up. I'm in chapter 14 about the SAT essay and I'm looking at one of the sample passages that the College Board provides and I use these for instruction. 
So when I'm teaching students, these are the ones that I use mm -hmm. because they're official and they're real and we don't have to come up with our own articles. Absolutely. It's on page 157 in the College Board book. It's an article written by a gentleman named Peter S. Goodman and it was published in 2013 in the Huffington Post online. So a legitimate news source. And this article is about foreign news and um, the American consumption of foreign news on television and in newspapers. So if you're really interested in this topic, that this article's fine, but if you're not interested in this topic, you might find it boring. And in fact, most high school students are gonna tell me they find this boring. High school students generally, not considering you know, certain current events, generally don't watch the news. So they're not gonna find this an interesting article. So if you're, as you're reading this article, it's not just about knowing what's in the article and you wanna help the student avoid the trap of summarizing, saying in paragraph one, Peter S. Goodman talked about this. In paragraph four, Peter S. Goodman talked about this. That's gonna to lead to a terrible score. What you wanna help the student get to a point of saying why Peter S. Goodman did this. Why did Peter S. Goodman bring up this example? Mm -hmm. Why did Peter S. Goodman talk about this topic? Why? When you answer why, you're doing the analysis part. Mm. And that's, I think, the thing to focus on for instruction. Helping the student answer the why. What was Peter S. Goodman in this article trying to accomplish? That's what your essay's about. Yeah, yep. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. You know, the, the other thing too is, um, you know, I know with the, with the previous version of the essay, I know that colleges were actually reviewing those essays mm -hmm. related to kind of the admittance for the, the students of the university. Is that occurring still with this, exam, with this one, even though it's, it's definitely, I mean, it's such a different approach now. It's interesting that you bring that up. I would say absolutely yes. The big thing is that when the essay was added to the SAT in 2005, there were certain colleges that didn't like that. Yeah. There were certain colleges that loved it, uh, the Ivy Leagues, the yeah. University of California system, and those are the schools that really pushed the College Board to add the essay. Yeah. So they used the essay score as part of their admissions process. Mm -hmm. One of the flaws, in my opinion, of the new scoring system, where it's three separate scores in three separate areas, is that more colleges are confused by the scoring yeah. than are using it for admissions. Yeah. So college, uh, pardon me, students will tell me that when they're searching for colleges, They'll say, well, I looked at the school and they said that they don't really require the SA score. Yes, they, they, they did say that, but they didn't say they don't want you to write the essay. Right. Right. One thing that students make tell you is, well, the essay is optional now, and it is. On the newest version of the SAT, the essay is optional. You can sign up for the SAT yep. and not take the essay, and that is a mistake in my opinion. Yep. You should take the essay minimum once, probably more than once if you know you can improve it. Because colleges, while they may be iffy about how to evaluate the score and use it as a metric for admissions, they do look at the essay as a supplemental writing sample. Mm -hmm. Think about the writing samples students provide in their application, whether it's the short ones, you know, why do you want to go to this college, up through the big, you know, the big college application essay, which is a very important part of the college application process. Many students start writing that essay their junior year. Yeah. We in fact teach junior year application essay writing classes. Yeah. I teach that. Yeah. And the goal of that class is by the end of that class, even if it ends your junior year, to have your essay mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. And it should be beautiful. It should be polished. Yeah. It should be professional. It should be well-written, grammatically correct, and really tell your personal story in a way that that admissions officer wants to meet you, except here's one problem. It's beautiful, mm -hmm. it's perfect. And colleges are afraid that a certain minority percentage of students are gonna get 
help. And not good help, but hey, you know, local genius nerd, can you write my essay for me? Here's $500. Right. They're afraid of that, yeah. especially the more prestigious schools. Yep. They're afraid that mom and dad are writing it or a guidance counselor or tutor is rewriting too much for you or that you're doing the very bad thing of paying somebody to write your essay for you. There are students who do that. They're a tiny minority, but they kind of ruin it for the rest of us. And what colleges love about the SAT and ACT essays is that they're extemporaneous. In other words, students are writing essays in 40 to 50 minutes to a topic they've never seen before. They're in a room with 20 other people and a proctor. There's no way they can fake it. So colleges know when you apply to college, you wrote that essay, and they can then use it as a comparison point to your beautiful, perfect college application essay, and that's why they like it. They like having two or three of them so they can really get a feel for your voice, and that helps you tell your story. Yep, absolutely. That's what we talk about all the time. Excellent. Good. Anything else related to the essay? Yeah, there's um, some instruction that I love that I think is an incredibly powerful tool. A lot of students don't feel they have the language to talk about analysis. They don't have the language to analyze. So one of the tools that a lot of resources have, whether it's a book on test prep that you can buy at the bookstore or instruction like we have, will have a list of analytical essay terms. I've seen lists with 40 or 50 of them. That's way too many. The personal list I like to use is about a dozen because that's something that students can learn and uh, memorize, basically. So, for example, there's terms like pathos, ethos, logos, that English teachers who are listening at home or watching at home are going to recognize and say, I've talked about that with my students. Yeah. Yeah. And when I teach... SAT programs and I talk about the college application essay, strike that rewind, I talk about the uh, SAT essay and I list these analytical essay terms, there's always a handful of students say, my 10th grade teacher told us about these words. And they're very excited that they can actually apply that someplace practically. And knowing what those terms are and how to use them and say, in paragraph four, Peter S. Goodman uses logos when he does this and he's doing that so he can convince audiences that of this, that is a great way yep. to analyze, and it's a little formulaic that the students have this toolbox full of analytical essay terms. Again, I, I teach about a dozen of the more common ones, but it allows them to kind of anchor themselves to something and so to have a plan going in because the essay is very nerve-wracking to students. They don't know what to expect. There's an article or, or a piece of famous writing that they've never seen before. They have to write two to four pages to analyze it and they get so nervous and I just want them to calm down. Yeah. And giving them a toolbox full of terms that they can possibly apply helps them feel more prepared for the part of the test that is the most nerve-wracking to most students. Yeah. And so I'd say that is an important part of instruction. Yep, absolutely. Good, 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 good. All right, well, uh, a lot of helpful information, Jason. Thanks, as always. Um, You're and, very welcome. And if you have questions um, on, on this one specifically, please leave the comments below. I know this can be a little bit nuanced with kind of how you want to think about grading these essays and um, you know, how you want to maybe interpret them for the students. It's, uh, it's getting more confusing, but hopefully yeah. we uh, shed a little bit of light here today. Thanks for joining. Well, thank you, Neil. Uh, Once again, a great conversation. I just love talking about this stuff with with you, Neil. 
And uh, I hope you folks at home enjoyed this. Uh, please feel free to comment. Uh, you can leave comments on uh, iTunes. Uh, I don't check it very often, so you know it might take a little while for me to get back to you. Or you could find us uh, on Twitter, at EndeavorPod. I check that all the time. In fact, if you uh, comment there or at me or mention uh, EndeavorPod, I will get a notification on my phone and I follow up right away. Uh, you can also like, favorite, star, heart, uh, any way you'd like to show that you enjoyed this episode uh, in your podcast uh, app of choice. And you can also share the episode, hit that share sheet, you know, share it on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, you know, anytime somebody listens on those platforms, you know, it still counts as a listen for us, so it's all good. And of course, subscribe. Uh, just because we're finishing the Hacking the Your Own SAT program series with this episode, we're not finishing the Endeavor podcast. Uh, we're going to continue to have episodes. Where our, our goal is to have two a week, dropping on Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, as the school year began, you might have noticed. Um, that we got, kind of got off that schedule a little bit. The beginning of the school year is always stressful, so I think we're gonna we're finally gonna get caught up uh, in the next week or so and have our regular two episodes a week. Uh, if you have any suggestions, uh, feel free to leave a comment. And if you'd like us to do this same sort of series, a shorter version for the ACT, let us know. We'd be happy to do it. I'm sure there's a lot of folks out there who are listening in parts of the country that are more ACT-centric than our SAT-centric New England, where we are right now. So thank you so much for listening. And as always, let's keep learning. <laughs>